your host, Matty B. I'm here with CK again, January 3rd. And as you would imagine, it is a new year. And what I see in here are New Year's resolutions. And I don't know how I feel about these. So this is why I wanted to talk out loud about it. So, Connor, what do you think about New Year's resolutions inherently? Because the first thing that comes to mind for me is why is it so repetitive every year with the same resolution as last year? Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know if it's the same resolution as the year prior. Some people probably change it up year by year based on their circumstance. But I think the biggest issue is it's it's just a straight-up lie to yourself. I mean, why, why can't you just have done it? when it came to mind why did it have to be a, a new year i mean it's li- it's literally a lie like it's, it's just a day like if you think about it it's just a construct that we created i mean it's it, physics obviously tells us what constitutes a day technically yes based on the rotation of the planets but i don't necessarily think that that should have any relation to people setting goals or resolutions well in this year I think many people might have some different ones just for the simple fact that we experienced such a unique year in 2020. And I've been pretty quietly observing for the entire year. I haven't uh, done much on social media. I pretty much paused this podcast and worked and made decisions that I felt were really time sensitive. And that brings it back to like distinguishing an annual decision right which is basically a new year's resolution and i one of the things that i have started to think about recently is is quitting chewing because i've been doing it for long enough where it's just unhealthy right but inherently I just would never pick January 1st to do it because I just feel like that sets me up for failure. But that's also just like a psychological thing I put on myself because it doesn't matter what day you pick to make a decision to change something in a positive direction. But for some reason, I have like this stigma against making that decision. At the same time, a bunch of other people make the same type of decisions. And like, that's also bullshit like that's my own bullshit right I could do that now I'm not going to quit chewing as I sit here with one in my mouth but I've never been one to think about a new year's resolution as the point in which it's a good time to make the decision and like it's a weird topic to talk about because like that's also my own bullshit because inherently Making the decision to change something in a positive direction is the same whether it's New January 1st or any other day. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure for some people, the psychological component of it is actually extremely helpful and it allows them to mentally prepare for whatever is to come and they maybe achieve their goal or stick to their New Year's resolution. I know people who have quit bad habits on January 1st and have never picked them up again and have been super successful with it. That's awesome. But I think at the end of the day, the, the inability to just commit to something is a weakness that has been 
embedded in our society over time because most times people have never been forced to do anything or they don't have the self-discipline to do it themselves and it's 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 pretty disheartening to see but I, I mean i don't know what the solution is other than to just tell people to get real with themselves and that nobody is going to fix their problems for them and if they want to you might as well do it on day one you know like like the day that you think about it day one doesn't have to be one one whatever year yeah it's an interesting concept but i also think that i've had experience with failing at trying to quit so many things for me a resolution is always it just seems to be when you when you see it it's it's not necessarily i see a lot of bad habits that wish to be extinguished right now i also see people setting goals that are business orientated and those are on a calendar year so that makes sense like we do that all the time um but i guess i'm talking more about personal goals because you see challenges that exist and and this is also like just fundamentally about making a decision right if you're in a fitness challenge let's say there's all types of them right weight loss challenges are super popular around new year's but there's also just boutique fitnesses out there that have a 10 week challenge right it's like a fast track to emergent uh emergence into whatever program they have to get results and like for some reason people gravitate towards that and for the most part, it's still a positively productive thing. But it, it translates into like other areas of your life, I feel like, because you're always going to have time sensitive decisions to make that do you no good to schedule it out. Well, that and also like I wonder what the long term psychological implications are for people when they give themselves a new year's resolution it lasts 10 weeks and then they give it up completely for the remainder uh, you know for the rema- remaining 42 weeks out of the year like how many how many people just do it they put their all in and then they stop like what is that what what precedent does that kind of send or set and what what does that do for you mentally in other areas of life whether it's work family and maybe that those were the resolutions you know you're gonna be a better friend or brother or sister i don't know i mean just do you get what i'm saying i do and i i mean i maybe this is just my observations but i feel like it's in america and basically my sphere that it's either something to do with your weight or your fitness or it's well, let's just rip the Band-Aid off because I think we're too afraid of, like, offending anyone. And I think 73, 73% of our country is considered obese. By clinical definition. By clinical definition. And that's not me calling anyone a name to be offensive. That's just speaking the facts. And I w- think it's also fair to say, like you said... The majority of New Year's resolutions that people are setting out and failing 
have to do with some type of wellness. Because at the end of the day, a resolution is, um, is to make yourself better. And I think most people are not as good as they can be in health. And that can fall into a number of categories, whether it's the ideal self of, you know, slim or whatever the media portrays of, you know, so losing weight or eating healthier or in your circumstance, becoming healthier by quitting chewing tobacco or quitting, quitting a bad habit. Yeah. And so, so I just want to get that out there. It's okay. We can, we can, we can dive into specific topics. I think that's probably the best way that we flesh out something like this if we really want. All right. So here's why I fundamentally think it's bullshit is the, the actual idea of a goal on a certain date is not bullshit, right? But the attention to the details of achieving a goal are under-talked about, overlooked, and underutilized. Because you actually need a blueprint and a game plan and possibly help, right? But it needs to be yours as well. And so when I'm talking about chewing, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to yet because basically the pain hasn't gotten great enough for me to want to do what's necessary to stop that right but as you get further along in being unhealthy that pain starts to get greater and for most of Americans 73 percent it has to do with their health surrounding their weight because of diabetes or whatever and now you have COVID which is a illness that we are all concerned about, but your health and your ability to withstand an infection, it's no longer about aesthetics, right? Like it's a little bit bigger than that. And so there's like a fundamental need to look at the details and map those out. And so what gets lost is that in in making these goals for the future and setting a certain date to make these goals i see it all the time in business and in in meetings and incentives that you may give to your employees or whatever none of those things like setting a goal is actually fundamentally what you need to do right I think I think it gets confused that the goal is the thing that needs to be done but that's like not even a sliver of it I think the most important and you already alluded to this the most important part of achieving a goal is the actual preparation that goes into it and most times from what I see the only preparation that people put into it is telling themselves that they're going to do something to achieve their goals. And most times, if we're going to talk, I'll use health as kind of a specific um, example here. Most times that means, okay, on January 1st, I will start working out and I will start eating better. And that is just not specific at all. Because that leads to the question of, well, what kind of workouts are you going to do? How long are you going to do it? How are you going to track if it's actually achieving the goals that you have set for yourself? Okay, you're going to eat healthier. What foods are you going to get rid of? Are you going to get rid of them before January 1st or on January 1st? Because most people would just go to the store on January 1st, put the bad stuff in the back of the cupboards, have the good stuff in front, but then it's still tempting you in the back the rest of the month or however long it is. And weight is literally the lowest hanging fruit out of any of these 
things. You're not, you're, people aren't thinking about sleep and when they're going to sleep. People aren't thinking about vitamins. People aren't thinking about the types of exercises they're doing. And I'm not saying that you have to go full-blown obsession with these things, but these are good questions to ask yourself if you want to effectively achieve your goal. Because you might be doing something that you think is driving towards that result, but it's actually not. And if you don't prepare and educate yourself on the goal, you're just not going to be successful. Like, what, are you, what do you think you're just going to tell yourself, I'm going to take a test on January 1st, not study at all and expect to get an A? I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Why would you expect to approach any other goal that way? Yeah, it's kind of the same for, you know, getting a job, right? Um, depending on how many places you're looking at, what type of industry you're looking to get to, what type of education that you needed to get into the position to even apply for those. A wise person once told me that you should look at the companies that you're interviewing and do as much homework as you can on those specific ones. So the 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 glamorous highlight of a goal seems to be weighted a little bit more heavily. And then the accountability of that goal seems to be weighted on telling other people your goal, which in essence psychologically makes a person think that they will be more accountable to that goal. And I think that's just living in a little bit of a fairy tale land. Um, but I do see it being very easy because I've done it myself. I have personal experience with doing that time and time and again. And it's really easy to look back and wonder what happened when you look at somebody else that actually achieved their goal. Because from the outside, none of the details are visible, right? So it doesn't matter if you want to write more loans or lose weight or get a better job or unfortunately if you're unemployed right now maybe get into a different industry because there's not a lot of signs of prosperity in the one that you currently may be in and so all of those things are in my opinion time sensitive so when you're identifying and making the decision to do something the most effective way is probably not to have as many people know about it as possible, but having that be your own. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a, a, a good point with posting on social media or whatever that is and, and people wanting the recognition. And also another thing that social media has done to us is make us believe that instant gratification is something that we should be getting everywhere in life when that's not the case. And I think people truly are passionate or like they're, they're excited and they really want to achieve their goal and they want it so bad that they just want to get it. And they don't want to actually like be disciplined, take a deep breath, remove some emotion from the situation and think objectively about how they're actually going to get there. So, but it's a kind of a catch 22, right? Because you want to be passionate about your goal, but you also need to be realistic about your goal and how you're going to get there. And there is some sort of subtlety to the excitement of a goal. Um, at least that's what I see. And 
there there is a fairy tale land associated with most conversations around goals. Like the details are not there. And and then part of it too is like why do you want to have your goal? Right? Like we did really well this year and what is ironic is that the goal that we made for this year was totally irrelevant because 2020 happened. And so we exceeded our goal by a drastic amount, but we did not get there with any of the written game plan to start the year with, right? So if I just had the goal, I wouldn't have even known how to change and adapt to a changing scenario, which is 2020, which is lockdowns, which is working from home, which is a totally different experience buying a home. And so it was really helpful to reference the previous goal and this actual details within it to realize, okay, now I'm looking at the future in 2021, but I have a good reference as to what happened during that period of time. And if I didn't hit our goal for numbers, then I would have had a reference tool as to why. Now, this particular situation just netted way higher numbers through an influx of business that didn't require any of the activities on the goal game plan in a normal world. But it was super beneficial to have all of that in written format to reference as the world changed. So one, one thing about resolutions, and then I want to follow up on what you just mentioned about kind of goal setting. So I think one of the fundamental problems with resolutions at the beginning of the year is that people look at it as a a fresh start, as if you have to leave everything that you did the past year behind. And if you always have the next year to look forward to and you know you can throw the current year away, I think that is a horrible way to look at life. But I think a lot of people do look at it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, I screwed up. We're already on a month four or five of this year. I'm just going to keep riding it out. And then once January comes around, I'll, I'll try again. I can let this year slide. And I think they're almost, it would be better if you used the first of the year, like a, a resolution date to actually be a reflection date. And you reflect on the goals that you set for yourselves the year prior. Once you are done reflecting on those goals and I seriously mean reflect this is not something that I'm perfect at either it just came to me um, as we were speaking if you reflect and then upon those reflections say where can I get better what do I want to improve on and then you just use it as a goal setting year or goal setting for the year you don't have to start doing anything you set the goals and then you lay the groundwork to achieve those goals and so one thing, the second thing that I wanted to follow up on, which is goal setting, and this seems this pretty obvious to people who have maybe heard this at one point or another in schooling. I heard it many times to the point where I thought it was not necessarily very valuable or was never going to use it. But as I have gotten older, I have found that it's super valuable, and it's the topic of SMART goals. I don't know if you know what SMART goals are. SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, 
and time-based. And those are all of the components, the five components that you need in order to set good goals and over time be able to reflect on those goals and see how close you are in achieving them. So if you're specific and it's measurable, you're going to have like a, a number that you can quantify. So if you want to work out, a lot of people say, oh, I want to work out every day. Well, if you want to work out every day, how long do you want to work out? 30 minutes? Okay. Say you do it six days a week. Is that 180 minutes a week? Correct. Okay, so three hours. You want to work out three hours a week. Let's say you multiply that by 52 weeks in a year. Is that 156 hours of exercise? You should say, by the end of 2021, I want to exercise for 156 hours. That way, if you miss a day, it's okay. You work out for an hour the next day or something. And if you track that, maybe that would allow you to then reflect every three months and say, all right, how many hours am I at? Am I over or under my goal? Am I exceeding or do I need to make the goal higher? Do I need to make it lower? Think, things like that. And, and it allows you to kind of just benchmark it and see if you set goals that are maybe too low for yourselves and you, you can improve um, over time. So I don't know if that's necessarily something that um, needs to be done perfectly, but I think it's a great option for, you know, sh- like short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. It's super relevant. And like you said, you can then reflect on it and it's written down. And I'm a f- huge believer in writing things like that down and maybe even looking at it every single day if you can, because you got to believe in the power of the, the, the subconscious mind. And if you, if you read something and you tell yourself, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, you almost got to expect that it will become reality eventually if, if you're doing the, the things necessary to get there and you, you truly believe it and have the conviction um, that it's going to happen when you say it. Well, so what's interesting, I'm reflecting on the topic of this podcast and it, what it means because some of the, the benefit to these open discussions is that I'm talking out loud, Connor's talking out loud, and I might change my thought process while we have an open discussion. And so my thought process just may be changed on the definition of resolution, which I haven't actually looked up, which will you do that? And the difference between that and goal setting, because I actually think that maybe most people intend for that resolution to be a goal setting activity. Now, when you first said, let's make a smart goal, well, I kind of go back to like, duh, like I think that's the freaking goal to every uh, goal setting experience. But having those specifics to measure and what was the last one? Time? Time based. Time based. And that creates a measurable experience. So having some sort of framework around your goal activities and basically just what you said is something that I didn't get to do this year, which was look at it in more frequency throughout the year because it was changing so fast. We were so busy and I just did not have time to do it. So being perfect at it is not the goal, but being conscious about it, I think is the goal. So this next year I'm going to have an easier time filling in the gaps where I know I can improve just by being conscious. And so we exceeded our goal. And so in the back of my mind, there was really no reason to attend to that given the fact that my time was taken up elsewhere. But in reality, looking back at it, had I put some notes on specifics throughout that process, I promise you 
I could have adapted mid-year and we would have actually produced more. At least that would be my assumption. Yes. I mean, and if you know, if you're 50% of the way through the year and assuming no like cyclical nuances for whatever the industry is that you're in or whatever task you're undertaking, if, if you know that you're 50% through the year and you're 75% complete with your goal, you know that you set the bar too low and then you can set the bar higher. And if you're anything like me and I think like you, Matt, is you put, you're a driven person. You want to push towards those goals. You don't want to fall short on a number. And even if you do, that's okay if you set a really high goal. Yes. And you're still exceeding the initial goal that you had set in place. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I think when you make those those smart goals, it's also important to just to not just think of that as a January 1 thing or activity. It can be a quarterly activity and doesn't even have to be, have anything to do with the cycle of the year. It can be on your quarter. It can be on your goal quarter. It doesn't have to be a fiscal quarter or anything like that. I personally was working with a mentor of mine. What was it? Probably four months ago, five months ago now. And I, I did this activity, which is where I was the, the topic of smart goals was brought on to me again. I was like, wow, I remember learning that in school and never thought it would come up again. And, and I, I, I made those goals and I reflected on them again about a month ago. And you would not believe the amount of change. Granted, I'm in my mid twenties right now. So life is changing. Priorities are changing relatively frequently. The amount of change that happened over the course of three months was actually mind boggling. And being able to write that down and hold myself accountable to my goals and where I want to go, both short, medium, and long-term, it was really interesting to see like, well, why did they change? And what, what in my life has changed since then that has caused me to maybe think about things differently? And it's just a, a good good tip on self-awareness as well. Um, wanted to quickly give you the definition of resolution. What is while it? At it? So it's a firm decision to do or to not do something. So it has literally nothing about actually setting a goal. It's just saying, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And I think we both came to the conclusion throughout our last it's just not minutes. sufficient yeah it's just not enough it's not sufficient it's a tagline basically um and it's a it's a it's a conversation starter oh what's your new year's resolution this year matt yeah i suppose when everyone asks me that i just always have a blank face um yeah that doesn't provide any real tangible value however Let's continue with goal setting because I have some goals this year that have nothing to do with the goals that I literally had on December 30th because I don't know what or where I want to focus my time on this year in compared to last because last year was focused on work exclusively. There was a lot of fear in that too with the COVID and the economy and all the shutdowns. So if you have the ability to make a good earning because your industry is doing well, like that is where all of my time went. And so that will likely continue because I do believe with the way interest rates are and the way um, the incentives are to keep a strong housing market, like we'll, we'll do uh, very well this year and there might be some investment opportunities in real estate, which I want to explore. 
but did this work from home life or this different style is going to continue for a while. Yeah. And it's, I don't know about you, but it is the, the whole term work life balance is fine. I like to now think of it more as a work life integration. Like how can I integrate my personal life with my work life and my work life with my personal life? Because there is no boundary anymore. And if I wanted to sit on my computer and work for 18 hours a day or 20 hours a day and literally not sleep, you can do that. And nobody is going to stop you. And if you're not on a Zoom call or you don't have work to be doing, there's a lot of people who probably don't do anything productive. And they're not going to be forced to because their job doesn't require them to. But if you want to achieve a goal, I think you are now provided a very unique opportunity. And what I look at as a blessing, this work from home life, it's an opportunity to take advantage of, you know, an hour, hour and a half worth of commute time every single day that I don't don't have anymore. And it's an opportunity to, you know, in the gaps between meetings, if I, if I don't have any work that needs to get done, I can maybe quick do some research or read a news article or just, just stay in tuned with what's going on in the world or in the market. And, and I didn't have that before. I assume most people didn't have that before. This is kind of my entrance into, into the world of, of work and in the real world. And so I'm excited to kind of not have to untrain myself. It'll be interesting to see when things go back to normal, how I'm able to adjust, but I just know like, but like, that's also st- Still questionably an if we go back to normal. If, if we go back to normal. I know many industries will. I think the industry that I'm in probably will at some point um, within the next year. But, you know, who, who really knows? I mean, that's the wild thing about it. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think the continue the continuous observation of what's going on. I find it fascinating like other people might not find it fascinating, but I still think it provides you the ability to make good decisions going forward. And I don't think really anybody else is going to help be able to help uh, you as much as you can help yourself. Yeah. And I don't think I have paid close enough attention to this, but one observation that I've made is the amount of people that I know who have started a side business or grown a side business over the last year is so freaking impressive. Like people who are taking advantage of this opportunity. And I don't know if they're setting goals or not and it just happened to fall into their lap. But I think that, you know, now that we have this, when, when you're given freedom like this, it's really easy to press play on Netflix and just sit back and let the world go by because it's COVID times. And I think a lot of people did that for the first few months. And then some people realized, all right, it's time to get my life together and start being productive again. But it's, it's now is the best time to set goals because there's so much disruption. It's really important to hold yourself accountable, especially when you don't have someone like a lot of jobs, people, you know, if you work at a, at a desk and your, your boss maybe walks by, you have to pay attention look like you're productive. Um, so I don't know. I just, it's kind of a tangent, but yeah, no, it's, uh, for me, it's, 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 it's different. Right. And I don't know about the people you mentioned, whether their age bracket is similar to yours, which is in their younger twenties. You know, I'm foundationally here, right. I own a 
retail location and I uh, live in the area for convenience of that. And I also just like the area. But then I also have a job that can be fully completed remotely. And out of necessity, I've like had to do that because it doesn't really matter if our office isn't open, but uh, an affiliate office is open. But there's also like the responsibility of having your children at your house and my significant other works the retail store, which is open seven days a week. So there's this massive amount of balance going on. And like, I love it because whether it's my mother who is on my team at the mortgage company, Dimitri, who's on my team at the mortgage company, which if you don't know, he's my really good friend. And then I have my significant other at the retail location. I have another good friend of mine at the retail location. So like everybody's like doing their part to like be helpful of this wild lifestyle that you're forced to do the best you can with. And for the foreseeable future, I don't know what that looks like. It looks like kids will start to go back to school and that will then not have everybody at the house all the time. But it's going to be like this evolving transition to whatever the future presents. And so for me, I'm looking at it like, all right, how can I multitask a desire to spend some of my time maybe looking at real estate opportunities that aren't localized, meaning you can't just physically drive to them because they're not in your state. And also having the ability to still be productive at your current place of employment, because then you're then basically what I'm looking to do is exponentially grow the best I can with the resources that I have as an individual, which is trying to simultaneously do more than one thing at once. And I think that leads to having what I would like to call the best security that you can provide for yourself because you're not stuck with all of your eggs in one basket. So like, that's my goal is to continue to diversify, which I did this year in some, you know, asset classes and equities and stocks. And I already had built a small real estate portfolio and I have the retail location, which believe it or not is doing better than it once did, which is also hard to wrap my head around but I've gotten residual benefit from other businesses being closed, I think, because there's only a certain amount of discretionary income in uh, the economy and GDP's down 31%. And so that means it's getting allocated unequally and it's just hard to wrap your head around all these different things going on at once. And then to make a go- basically make a midlife goal that I totally had a 180 of a, of a mindset at the end of this year because this year was already set by my previous goal and the plans to get there, and it was totally thrown for a loop. Yeah, and I think, once again, that goes back to the importance of like revisiting those goals frequently and not just setting it for... January 1 of like 2020 and then revisiting it January 1 2021 because I mean you should almost have it have a a specific date of when you want to revisit them but then also as like life events happen and the unexpected happens or new priorities come up 
make it a, a, a priority to revisit those goals and maybe cross one out. It doesn't mean you should be lazy with it and just say, oh, new goal, I'm going to cross out the one I didn't achieve. You should definitely stay disciplined and, and have disciplined to the point where you have a good reason for maybe replacing a goal with a new one. If that makes sense. No, it does. Because basically if a goal becomes irrelevant because of your life changes, you shouldn't hang on to that goal. Like it's, uh, set in stone. And yeah. And that's probably more important for like long term goals than it is short term. But then again, those with having a smart goal, I think, although you want them to be specific, it can also go from specific to a little bit more broad depending on the time horizon so more near term you want to be very specific and then the farther out it gets the more broad it can be just so that you have a little bit more flexibility in actually like adopting or adjusting those goals you know and but still being able to reach the one that was initially set and it can get more specific as time comes closer well and there's also the reality of the time constraint on 24 hours in a day right so when you're taking a look at your life and it may have changed a lot in 2020 maybe it didn't change at all um there's definitely some people's that lives that were very very similar um but i do think the opportunity for change and maybe that not being in your total control is is really ripe for the next near term and so um it's, it's been an interesting year to reflect back on because I fortunately did accomplish a lot. And then now with these new opportunities, freedoms, and restrictions, because some of these freedoms came from restrictions, like working from home, meaning you're restricted from the office. Like it was kind of yeah. a byproduct. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a basically what I'm doing right now is, is in the process of reflecting on what I personally want because my business goals that were set and are currently in motion are becoming less of a priority. Like to a certain extent, like they're still the priority to get where you want to be. But for me, there needs to be, a little bit of a rebalancing and one of the goals is to actually continue to put out conversations on this podcast and about topics that I observe and you observe because there's just so much going on on a daily basis that could change someone's mind about what they want to do with their future and that'll continue to evolve because although there's been a lot of change this year like there really hasn't been like we're about to go place kids in schools again for the goal of getting them a better education. But that like process hasn't been worked out. Like there's no promises on how that implementation works. Yeah. And that's another example of just the importance of planning and communicating and and getting that across. Cause maybe there is a plan, but clearly they haven't communicated that to you at this point. But, um, which That's is okay. like working with un- incomplete information again to make the best decision you can. And, yeah. and those need to be active conversations with your family, with your work, with your actual uh, abilities and freedom that you have with your work. Yeah. And one thing I sorry, I want to backtrack a minute. Yeah. You mentioned about putting out conversations about the podcast and maybe things that we observe. 
Another thing that I think is good to instill in goal setting, and I'm sorry I keep driving the point of goal setting home. hope that's all right. But I think we live in a world, especially in the world of social media and Facebook, where, like you said previously, people will post what their New Year's resolution is or what their goal is and set it out to the world. The problem with that is, is that we've gotten used to the fact that people can't change their mind or change their priorities because they've already made the promise to everyone else. And I think it's maybe good. Oh, it's all right from a sense of accountability if you actually follow through with it and that helps you. But it's also perfectly fine to change your priority and to change your mind based on, or I should say in light of new information. Because with cancel culture and the rise of, you know, Twitter mobs, it's very <laughs> difficult to um, to feel strongly about whatever it is you believe or to maybe speak out about it because you're afraid that you're bound to that belief or that decision for the rest of your life. And some decisions or some goals you might be bound to. But at the end of the day, it is always okay to make adjustments to your life or to your goals in light of new information or new priorities or as things come up. You know what I mean? Well, all right. Yeah, I do understand and I would agree with you. And I think to me on that subject, it's a weird phenomenon because it does have value to hold yourself accountable if other people know about such things. And then it has the reversal effect of you don't want to disappoint people, right? And that may be a fear of how that disappointment will negatively reflect on yourself. But I think it basically goes back to self-awareness and why you're making the goal. And who are you making it for? That's that's the other thing I was about to say. And some people choose to, you know, buy things. Maybe it is a goal to buy a car, for instance. But it's like, if you want to buy that car and you change your mind and want to buy a different car, why is that any different than a goal, right? And so I don't mean it to say like you need to hibernate and do all this shit by yourself. But I think there's extreme value in being able to be alone for at least long enough to figure out why you're wanting to do something because sometimes that can be a little confusing. Uh, That's just my opinion. And you, you also need to, I don't know, of course, and I bring goals up again, but you need to define what your wants are and distinguish that from your needs and very clearly. And I don't mean needs as in food, water, shelter. I think those are pretty obvious needs, but how much shelter, like you know, how much real estate, or how how much how basically much basically how big of a how, house? How you need. how how many assets do you need to feel comfortable and to feel safe so that you can live the life that you want to live? That is a need. I don't mean how many sports cars or how how much jewelry do you need. That's a want. It's okay to have a want like that, but you need to know what's a want and what's a need. And and a need is like, what do you need to fill those wants? Kind of. And, 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 then, and then once you know and you at least can distinguish those, and I, it's still kind of ambiguous, but you can then begin to set goals, if that makes sense. It does. 
And I think that all that can be confusing because we are presented with a lot of things that are easy to want. That's that's what drives the economy, baby. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, right? I, I think that it's natural for people to want to consume things and have fun and do entertainment and have transportation and some transportation is more luxurious than the other. But if that ends up being like a fucking burden for you um, or your health is becoming a burden for you. That's what I mean though. It's like a want versus a need. Um, And maybe I, I'm going to kind of backtrack what I said about like the needs fulfilling your wants. I think the need should always come first, but a need is a need is the type of things that should keep you up at night, right? A want should never keep you up. And I think we live in a world where people do lose sleep over their wants, not because they're misidentifying needs as wants, but because they literally just really want something that bad and they aren't able to let that urge or that itch go. Yeah, so how the hell do you even discuss with yourself on how to fix that? I don't think it's a, I don't know if it's a discussion. I don't know if it's a point that people have to come to a realization they have to come to on their own through, you know, previous conversations, we discussed the the concept of pain. And I think pain really forces people to either have some type of change or undergo some type of reflection to really figure out what the heck matters. But I know myself, it's, it's, I read a book that really changed my life. A couple books that changed my life. The one, and I think I mentioned in a prior episode is David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. And like straight up changed my life in all areas. And it really gets you to think of like, what do you really need to survive? And you got to ask yourself. And like, if you, if you think you need something, but you're not so sure if it's a want or a need, then you really got to dive deep and you got to figure out why the heck do you think you need a sports car? Like, why do you think you need a billion dollars? Maybe you do. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, figure out why. And if you can at least answer the question of, like, why do I need this with some substance behind it and some conviction, then it's a need. You know? Yeah. But you got you to gotta do it yourself. No one's going to force you to do it. Most people... The truth of it is, is you could, you are one person. I'm sorry. It sounds very bad, but there's like billions of people in the world. And yes, every life is precious, but like it's, it's your life and you got to own it. Yeah. No one else is going to tell you to have that conversation with yourself. So with everything going on with the way it's probably going to stay for a little bit, like if you're in the position which currently neither one of us are your position is a little different you had some delays in some of your uh post-college endeavors uh coming to fruition but like none of our industries were really canceled right no and everything ended up i think anything that got delayed for us i don't know about you like saying buying a home or whatever got delayed a little bit but it all got worked out in the end right yes yeah but there's still a ton of opportunity out there. So like, what do you do if you're going to do something new? Like, and, and that's, that's just a scary thing. 
Yeah. I mean, you set a goal, and like Nike says, just do it. Like, All right, so that brings up another thing is uh, – completing something versus having it perfect is is basically something that like I feel like I specialize in because I probably do nothing perfect. I literally learned this from you and I'm I'm a very type A person and so when I when we first met and I was working for you I was like, "Oh my gosh, how can this guy do this <laughs> and not have it perfect?" Or like and then I realized you're getting so much more done with like, I mean, 85, 90% accuracy, let's say, as opposed to 100% or 99%. And the volume of things that you complete definitely outweighs the value of perfection. Yeah. And and I think another person who says this oh so eloquently is Mark Cuban. He says, perfection is the enemy of progress. And, and it's true. It really is. And I think you look at most successful startups, they will tell you the same thing. They are not perfect. They are not glamorous in, until they get some some solid VC money and then maybe they build it out for a few years. But it's that culture of imperfection which makes most of these companies unique. Yeah. And it's allowed this magnificent growth to occur over the last 10 years um, in places like Silicon Valley, which is now migrating to places like Austin, Texas, or Miami, Florida. Um, and and, and it's, it needs to be more widespread in my opinion dude mark cuban's a g and one of the other like one-liners that he has is dude he spoke at a, a conference for uh the franchise that i was a part of when we were down in texas and basically what he says in a nutshell is sales trumps everything but it's got to be enough sales yeah so yeah we'll get him on the pod one day yeah right but but dude it, it holds true in the areas that I excel in because dude, I don't have a specialty, right? Like I am in the sales and service business in everything that I do. And so when you went back to the imperfections at the, at the retail spot, you know, it's a constant balance of doing all of the operational activities with always focusing on sales because having revenue does solve problems, right? And so then that brings me to another dude that many people know, and it's Grant Cardone. And I don't like follow him extensively anymore, nothing like that. But um, one of the things he, he really drives home in his book that I think I just have been forced to know because I don't have a lot of skill set other than to be good at the service I provide and then sell the service I provide. And it was that every single human on the planet is in sales. And if you want to get somewhere, you need to start thinking like that now. Yeah, I read a book uh, a while back that my dad gave to me. It's called Everybody's in Sales. And it, it's true because you have to, you're either selling yourself if you're not selling a product or you're selling your business, whatever it is. You're selling yourself in literally all aspects of life, not just business. If you're going out on a date, you're selling yourself to your date. You're trying to prove to them that you're a suitable partner, you know, yep. and or, or a friend. You're trying to prove that you're a loyal friend and you will help them out or you'll add some type of value. And, and, and you do that through, you know, some form or fashion in, in a way of selling yourself. Um, but, dude, you know, it's it's a really unique concept because 
when you're in a support role, because dude, there's only really two roles in a company, uh, sales and support. I mean, that's basically what you can break it down to. But when you really think about it, like everybody in the company is in sales. Um, your distributors are part of your sales network because you need them to be on time. It's your job to sell them on that as a priority. Well, and if in some, I'm just thinking about people's arguments that they could come back to the statement of it's sales and support. But if you, if you do want to think about it in a roundabout way, that is true because if um, let's say Tesla as an example, which we've never used before as an example, um, but we're going to use it is they don't spend anything on marketing. Okay. Is strictly focused on engineering, manufacturing, and, and just very high quality engineering. Yes. But when you think about it, their engineers and people who manufacture their products, those are their salespeople. Because when you produce a product that is so good that it sells itself, it's the people making it that are in sales, essentially, because they're making it so perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. not perfect because obviously perfection is the enemy of progress, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is an interesting way to think about it. So getting back on goals and to ending it, ending it out. And I think that we've both came to the conclusion that a goal is just simply not a resolution. So maybe that's what January is not really about. Yeah. I, I think, and we didn't just full disclosure here for anyone listening. We came into this podcast with, Nada. With nothing other than the fact that we were going to talk about New Year's resolutions not being sufficient and not being good enough. And I think, Matt, I'm going to give my takeaway and then love to hear yours is I think January 1st, I guess a mixture of the 31st and the 1st um, of December 31st and January 1st are best left as times of reflection and then once you've reflected and you have assessed your goals um, or where you sat and ended the year relative to those goals, make some new ones. If you fell short, what did, where'd you fall short? How can you improve? If you exceeded your goals, why didn't you set them higher? Are you self-conscious? Do you not have, you know, did you not have enough confidence in yourself? What allowed you to get there? How can you maximize more of that next year? And then ultimately set your goals higher. And and I think I think everyone can benefit from that. Doesn't matter if it's work, family, school, you name it, it's relevant. And um, I don't know about you, but I definitely feel compelled to go to go check my goal sheet, make another update in advance of my routine check in just as a result of this conversation. Yeah, so my takeaway is uh, I have actively been using the uh, annual period of January 1st for reflection unconsciously, but we, we pretty much identified that that is what we think the first of the year uh, should be about. Now, I have many people that I have to discuss my goals with, so my life is with children and a significant other and a team. And so those goals will be, they're already identified in many areas, right? But when I go to reflect on them, they 
are going to be with other people and those other people's input is important to me, right? And so getting a little off track, I was kind of just thinking about my own next phases of these next couple of weeks because we're basically taking a look at everything just automatically because of 2020 and the future of 2021 looks highly unique compared to regular years. And so the freedoms need to be analyzed to make sure that they're actually worth your time to execute on. Because one thing that I have seen in almost every business that I've worked at is making goals that are just simply unattainable by the resources that you have, whether it's your time, money, energy, whatever. And I want no business talking about unattainable goals. And some of them that are made that I have going to have conversations with need to be brought back down to reality because it meshes with personal and business. So what I'm trying to say is mine are a little complicated, but the idea of reflection and then putting pen to paper and making them step by step is how they become less intimidating for me and then how I achieve them and how I've achieved them in the past. And so the distinguishing factor for me is that New Year's resolutions are fine. They're, they're, they're a great inherent concept. The one seductive factor about it is it's not going to get you the results that you want because the goal setting activities by definition are where you want to focus your time and energy. Making the decision to do that seems to be the resolution part. So you still need the resolution, the want and desire to make the decision, but an entire piece is left out of the celebration, let's say, and that's what I want to hit home is details matter to achieve execution. And that's about all I have on the subject. Beautiful. And I think something we can follow up on in a future episode that relates to goal setting is the importance of being selfish and the importance of being selfish and how it pertains to actually achieving those goals. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, let us know. We'll follow it up. But uh, Maddie, I'll let you close us out. Thank you for listening, everybody. And being selfish is not always a bad thing. So how you think about things is, is important. And so we might dive into that later. Thank you for listening. We'll be coming out with more frequent episodes and trying to tighten them up a little bit versus just having these open discussions. But we really enjoy it because we get value. It changes our perspective. And hopefully some of you got to experience the same thing while listening. See you next time.